This episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast is brought to you by Cedic Run. With track season underway, Cedic Run has every spike and shoe you need for not only the track events, but also the field events. Just looking for a shoe to walk or jog in? Richard and Adam would love to help you find the perfect shoe. When you come into the store, they'll provide a gait analysis for free. You can even try out different shoes on their awesome woodway treadmill. Cedic Run, where life and running intersect. That's downtown Grand Forks. Be sure to stop in and tell them that we sent you. Looking for opportunities to run track this summer? Ragnarok Athletic Club has been providing athletes of all ages and all events in North Dakota and Minnesota with the opportunity to train and compete in the sport of track and field. Follow their social media pages to get updates on the new athletes and updates on upcoming camps and opportunities. And did I hear something about a gear drop soon? Be on the lookout. Finally, a big thank you to Draymond Enterprises. Innovation reimagined. On this episode of the podcast, we chat with Red River Valley legend Devin Munson. With a more unique path to professional running than most, Devin took his talents from Thompson, North Dakota to Hamlin University in the Twin Cities. It was there that his development really took off. He won multiple conference titles and claimed three All-American accolades at Hamlin before joining Rogue Athletic Club in Austin, Texas to pursue professional running. Thanks so much for listening and for your support. We love bringing you fresh stories and interviews each week. If you've enjoyed listening to the podcast, be sure to give us a review on one of our streaming platforms or just a nice shout out on social media. If you haven't yet, follow us on Instagram or like our Facebook page to get all of our updates. Thanks again, but enough about us. Let's get started with episode 17. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Enerson. And I'm your other host, Cameron Rail. Today we are chilling with one of North Dakota's best kept secrets. I was trying to think of a title for you, Devin, and I'm thinking maybe the best North Dakota runner you've never heard of. At Thompson, he was one-time state champion in the 3200. I uh, went on to Hamlin where he was a three-time All-American. And now he's the head cross-country coach at his alma mater. And somewhere in between, he flirted with some pro running. So, Devin Munson, yeah. welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. And I, I like that, uh, that analogy. I would say, yeah, not many people have ever heard of me, um, but I ran decently fast. Well, even for me, like, I feel like you're a bit of an enigma. Like, I see you probably once a year at a, like, SDR Saturday brunch run. And then you go and do your thing at Hamlin the rest of the year. And then I'll see you the next year, maybe at the Cedic Run Elite Mile. And then, I don't know, it's, you're kind of a ghost in some sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved growing up in North Dakota and loved every second of it. But um, when I was deciding where I wanted to go to school, it, it, I just didn't want to go where everyone from my high school went. So um, everyone from my high school from Thompson went to uh, the University of North Dakota or NDSU and um, and I just decided after meeting with the, the UND coach that I, that the cities sounded like a fun place to go. Yeah. So were you, we'll kind of get into like your time running in high school, but in like the recruiting, you were uh, kind of looking at NDSU, UND, and then some of the other like schools down in the cities or. Yeah. Mine really came down to, um, 
Uh, one of our alums, Aaron DeWaldi, is a big runner for NDSU, um, 400 meter guy back in early 2000s. Um, he really talked about NDSU. The coach never really talked to me that much. I think I talked to him once on the phone. Um, the old coach at UND recruited me and I visited there. And then it was, um, then the other one that I looked at was the university or Hamlin University. And that one got on my radar because I went to the U of M cross country camp and, and the coach worked it. So it sort of came down to those ones. And um, the, the, the selling point for me was just how, um, how much of like invested interest the Hamlin coach took in me where the UND coach, the one thing that stuck out with me, he's like, oh yeah, next year you're going to be able to run with Richie Spitzberg. And I went for a run with Richie the next day. And I'm like, Richie, he's selling that I get to run with you. And he's like, that's not true. I'm graduating. And that sold me on, I don't need to go there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, liked, I liked the guys. I knew a lot of the guys. I ran with them during the summer. But when the coach didn't know who was going to be on his team the next year. And also, I learned later because one of my buddies was on the team that he didn't know that I wasn't coming till August. So, hmm. uh, yeah. So let's, let's take like a step back. Um, I was reading an article from the Grand Forks Herald back when I think it was your junior year of high school. It was like a state preview. And it talks about how I skimmed the article quick, but I'm pretty sure how I interpreted it is you were like the slow, short, out of shape kid. And then you got into running. Is that true? Confirm or deny? A hundred percent true. Um, my dad's buddy wrote that article. He was a sports writer for the Grand Forks Herald. And it basically, the better way to sum it up is I sucked in every sport until um, <laughs> I found running. And I would say that I still sucked at that to begin with. Let's see. Um, I didn't, baseball was ruined for me because of my buddy, Jake Cooley, because he was a lefty and could like curve it in at you. Um, so I didn't enjoy that. Football, the one year that I did football was awful. It was like super cold or super hot and the mosquitoes were terrible. So I hated that. Um, never had a left hand in basketball. Um, tried wrestling. Flying through the air was not my thing. Um, too afraid of like breaking arms. Uh, yeah, so I, I tried a lot of other sports. The one that I was probably good at, and if I would have just stuck with it more, um, I did golf when I was in high school as well. So doing golf and track, I was never in school. It was great. You'd have, you'd be gone <laughs> twice for golf and you'd be gone twice a week for track. And uh, kids in my class started to get mad because I was never there. And they're like, they're like, you can't keep skipping. I'm like, well, you can come out for sports too. It's not, it's not my fault that you're not doing anything. <laughs> so I, I did fine with my grades. I was the, I was the dumbest smart person. I would say that. Um, I was three, five. So if you're above me, you're a honor roll. If you weren't, if you're below me, you were not. So I was the dumbest smart person. Hey, some, I mean, a lot of people will say it's better to be the worst of the best than the best of the worst or yeah, than the best of the worst. So, I mean, oh, yeah. if, if you were right in the middle, then maybe it could have gone either way, but we're going to say you were the, uh, worst of the best still in yeah, that yeah. tier. Yeah. Yeah. You never want to have the nicest house on the block because that's the one that's going to get robbed. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what grade was it when you had started running? Um, I went out for track my seventh grade year. Um, and it, because I couldn't go out for golf, they wouldn't let junior high kids go out for golf. Um, they let me the next year and I was number one on the team. So I don't know why they didn't let me go out as a seventh grader, 
but um, that's the only reason I went out for running. Um, so I thanked my fifth grade teacher. She didn't let me out for track or let me out for golf as a seventh grader. So then I went out for track. Um, I think the best that I ran was like 7.09 for the mile. Um, and I maybe, I mean, maybe broke three for, for an 800, something like that. I tried all the other things. Um, I think the best I ever triple jumped was like 22 feet. I, I distinctly know it was not 24 because I didn't make the pit at Concordia uh, indoor. In <laughs> so uh, yeah, when you can only triple jump 22 feet, it ends pretty quickly there. Um, and, and then I went out for cross the next year as an eighth grader and everyone, I was, I was the one that you put up with. I talked and asked a lot of questions. My best friend from high school, Dustin Umland, he was two years older than me. And I would have, he would hundred percent describe me as the annoying brother that was around the whole time. <laughs> uh, they introduced like, if I asked too many questions then I had, then I wasn't allowed to talk the rest of the time. Um, and I couldn't beat anyone. Like my best was 2230 as an eighth grader. Um, but in North Dakota, you go to state, so it's fine. Um, yeah. And especially in class B. So I finished like 127th at state. Um, and I, the, I couldn't win anything in practice. So I would try and win the warm up always or the cool down a little like half mile warm up or cool down. And they would send one of them on the team to always beat me so that I would never win. It was just, they would just wait and send someone to, to beat me so that I would never win anything. Yeah. So, and my dad described me when I was a senior, I asked him, I'm like, I'm like, Oh, grandma and grandpa came and watched me all, all my career. And they're like, he's like, no, no one watched you eighth grade. He's like, I'm the only one that came and watched. And I was like, what, what do you mean? He's like, well, you waddled like a penguin. Like no one came and watched you back then. <laughs> so that's, that was my introduction to running uh, and, and being sort of the annoying little pest that was along until I like just started running more and more on my own. That doesn't really sound like, uh, like a recipe for success. So what kept you coming back? Just um, the, the friendships or? Well, I think it was just the fact that it was one of the sports that I could control my, like how much I put into it. You start, you start to learn like, so like my ninth grade year, I dropped four minutes and like started running some decent times. My friends came out and um, we actually had a pretty decent team. We finished seventh in the state that year um, with uh, a junior, a sophomore, and then like six freshmen. And we thought we were going to have a pretty good team coming back. And then after freshman year, only three came out again. So mm. um, we, we had them out all for like, three weeks into the season and then they all quit. So they, they said the workouts got too hard or something like that. But I mean, we never did. I know I never did in high school over six by 400 ever because he would say eight by 400 and, and we'd talk them down to six and then throw some like twos on the end. So <laughs> or our classic workout was uh, 30, 60, 60. So 30 seconds walking, 60 seconds jogging, 60 seconds sprinting. And we do that like eight to 10 times and with like a half a mile warm up, I don't think there was a cool down. 
Um, so I loved my high school coach. I would say there's a reason I had a lot more success in college um, because they didn't know that much. I got a lot better when I started running with Cameron's uh, team in the summer. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. How, how did you get hooked up? I mean, Thompson is pretty close to Grand Forks, but how did you get hooked up with the, the central guys? Um, so my, so ninth grade year, I went from being 67th in the state to, I jumped to 10th, um, did that at Bismarck freezing. It was like, there was snow on the ground and like 30 degrees. And afterwards I really wanted to go and do my coach, um, at, we co-opt with, uh, Northwood and Hatton. So we were yeah. at Northwood Thompson thunder. We did the Thundercats chant before every race. Um, had a sword and everything, you know, classic weird things that high schoolers did. Yes. Um, and, uh, so I, he really convinced me to go and do the footlocker race and I couldn't find anyone to go with. Um, I know the Dickinson team used to go and do it. So he was trying to get me hooked up with them and they said that this was the year they weren't going. So then he found out that Grand Forks Central was going. So called coach Allen asked him if I could ride with and that was literally the day that I met like his team and and got to go ride down and stay at his parents place um when we went to Kenosha Wisconsin to to race so that was how I got introduced and then made friends with them because I mean it's hard not to make friends with distance runners we're all yeah. strange and weird um <laughs> and uh they became like the people that I hung out with I I sort of stopped hanging out with like my friends from Thompson, or I'd say my friendships grew. Um, my sophomore year, when I started to have success, it changed me from, I think when I was younger, I thought I needed to like try and be what other people wanted me to be when it was like friends, friendship. So I'd be like, oh no, I'll do that or anything instead of just being myself. And when I started running with the guys, I realized like, well, my friends in Thompson don't accept me for being the way that I am then I'll just be friends with these guys. And turns out I made better friends than, or my friends liked me more in Thompson after I just started being myself. So. Yeah. Who, who were some of the guys that were on the team when you were there? So um, we had uh, three guys that really we trained with um, uh, Stefan Sharif um, yep. uh, guy. He was in, uh, he's in the army. Um, he was a year older than us. Um, then the guy who was my sophomore year was my rival in the, in the region, Ronnie Kylo transferred from um, Mayville, Portland, Clifford Galesburg. So MPCG to Grand Forks central for his junior and senior year. Um, and then Colin Parrish. Um, so who I'm still really good friends with. Uh, we've gone from competing in the cross country course. So now we compete on the golf course at least once a summer. So, yeah. <laughs> That's so you great. You got quite the rise. So you go from like middle schooler that's getting your feet wet, have a good freshman year. And then I'll refer to that article one more time that was in the Herald. But um, all of a sudden you're like vying for state titles. Like you are right up there near the top. What was that yeah. transformation like? You start training with Central, but like what really puts you up into that like top tier? Um, I think for me it was I just started running a little bit more than I had been. Like if I had followed my high school program, um, we were probably doing like 20 miles a week, maybe over five days. We didn't run on Saturdays. And I just started doing, I'd put the headphones in and I'd go and run like two miles each night and just run it fast. And 
I mean, if anyone actually saw me out there, I was definitely singing along to whatever music I was playing. And it's the classic back when you had to like carry the, uh, or no, we did have the small little MP3s that you uploaded the songs onto. Yeah. Um, and you like stuffed it up into like your sleeve. Um, and so I have like six songs I'd listen to and I just blast through on the country roads in the dark. Like no one's out driving thankfully at that time and did like the same loop over and over and just see if I could run it faster each time. Um, there wasn't really science behind it or anything. And I think that was it. And I started hanging, like I said, I started hanging out with the, the Grand Forks Central guys, learned a little bit more about like, hey, I should probably run more than five, four miles in a single stretch. Um, and uh, I think the biggest one is like my sophomore year um, was just, I went from going to all state as a, as a sophomore in cross to like really seeing myself competing for a state championship, but sort of by fluke my sophomore year. Um, we had the, the day, the first day in North Dakota, you run the mile on the four by eight. Um, and the mile I finished seventh, which was a big surprise. I came in like 14th and finished seventh. Um, and then the two mile I came in in 16th and finished second. Um, I dropped 20 seconds at state, um, but it was, it was like a hundred degrees that day and no wind. Like they, they stopped charging for water at the state meet because it was so hot. They had an ambulance, like save a parent, like they shot, stopped the meet. And what was different was everyone was warming up down on that track, which you guys know can be so hot. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And, and I stayed up, there's a basketball arena up above and I stayed in the basketball arena and jogged through the hallways for my warm up, and came down just right before like you had to check in. So like I was running like eighth and then people were starting to like, starting to die in the heat and everything. And um, I passed the guy who should have gotten second. Um, Patrick Wolf was his name. Um, and he, he was throwing up as I passed him. And <laughs> so I got second and I'm the only person on the grandstand or on the stand that's smiling during that awards thing at all. Everyone else is head down, just hating life. Even the guy who won Russell Dixon, everyone else hating life. And I have a huge smile because I just got second at state as a sophomore. And in my mind, first thing that pops up, this is when I started to get like, realize like, God, I'm the best athlete in my school now. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> and you finally get a state title. So your junior year, you're close again. And then your senior year, you win the two mile. That's right. Yep. Yeah. I kept getting second. Um, and like my junior year in cross, I did the like, oh, after regionals, I should share, save as much energy as possible. So we just jogged over to my house and we played video games when our coach thought we were out running. Um, and then I side cramped super hard at state after winning the region, um, fell back to like 20th and sprinted back to like 10th when I should have been like second or third in cross. And, um, cause the guy who got second, I beat by like 30 seconds at regions and learned then that you should like keep running all the time and follow what the coach says. So, but yeah, senior year first win. um, I fell in the mile the day beforehand, um, with I was in third and fell and got stamped like trampled a little bit 
in the mile. And the next day in the two mile, I took off with what I thought was three laps left. Turns out was four. Um, and uh, it was my first time ever breaking 10. I ran like 940. Um, and we went out in five flat, came back in 440. And my mile PR was like 436 at that point. Uh, but all, the, my biggest thing that I remember about winning the state title was my buddy Colin was on the award stand for the class A two mile. And he was second in that one. He jumped off the award stand and ran out and was cheering on me. And was like, you got this two to go, two to go. And I turned to him. I'm like, you lie. No, I have one left. You are a filthy liar. And then I went by and I had two left. So, (laughs) so happy accident, I guess. Yeah. So you mentioned it before we started recording, but there's not a lot of people in the Red River Valley that end up, and even the state of North Dakota in general, that probably end up at Hamlin, especially for track. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I really can't think of anyone else. Cam, the only other person I can ever think of that went to Hamlin was Joe Kovic. And I'm guessing Joe is not listening to this podcast, but shout out to Joe if you are. Yeah. <laughs> but how did you end up at Hamlin? You had mentioned that a little bit earlier, but just tell, tell us how that process went. Um, I went to the University of Minnesota running camp, um, and this really shows how like naive I was to the outside world um, when it came to running. It was back before like flow track and let's run were really really huge, and not every high school kid was looking at it. It was back when die stat, but I didn't know about die stat, um, and I saw the state results. So when I got second, I ran 10:04 my junior year, and I looked at the state results, and that was the year that Hassan Mead won the two mile. And they had nine guys under 915 in that meet. And, and like you had, you had to run under 910 to get, to get top six in the state. And I looked at the results and it was the two weeks after ours. I'm like, do they run shorter in Minnesota, in Minnesota? Like there's no way that they're running that fast. And so that really like opened my eyes to like, Hey, I want to go on and do this in college. I should go see what these other kids run. Um, so I went to the U of M camp and got, they divvied you up by ability. So I got put in like the top group, but everyone there is running in short shorts and I had basketball shorts. So they had like running fun there and they, and I bought a pair of shorts that first day. And I wear, I wore those the rest of the time. I was not going to be seen in basketball shorts around like, the one was a, the state, I think he was the state champ for single A, Kevin Lockowitzer, um, one guy. So he went to the U of M, one went to Iowa State um, that was in my group. So we were running with Hassan Mead, Chris Rombau, um, uh, Ben Camp, Heather Dorden was one of the um, counselors as well, Antonio Vega. And that's when I realized like, oh crap, this is what the best do. So I was mystified by 940 before that and then realized what real running in, in the United States was. Um, yeah, it, so uh, at the U of M camp, they had other colleges come and like help out and teach things. And the Hamlin coach came and taught something. And s- then he got the addresses of everyone that went to the camp and sent me a card. And that's how I got in contact with it. Um, went and visited in January did an overnight with the guys there and, and loved it. Um, it was cool to be surrounded by a bunch of guys. Um, when I was there, 
the coach actually put me to work too. Um, they were doing a workout and he gave me the split sheet and told me to write down all the names and, and, and take the splits. And he's like, well, you never know if you have to do that when you come here. Turns out it worked. So, um, but it was just cool. Like we went out to like Applebee's. I hung out with, stayed in the dorms with two of the guys um, that ended up being guys that I lived with in college as well. Um, and it, when I was really deciding, one of the guys that, that helped me with my decision, uh, Lee DeCray, he ran for Grand Fork Central, went to UND. And he, he, he talked about how he knew all the guys at Hamlin and all those guys that, that when he was in college, they were fifth in the nation or seventh in the nation for, uh, for division three. And he's like, they're, they're extremely dedicated and you have a coach that knows what he's doing where he's like at UND, the old coach, nice guy, everything. Um, it's not Dick Clay. It was the one who was ever before that. I can't think of his name. Um, but um, super nice guy, but they didn't meet as a team on the weekends and sort of had rough outlines when it came to running. And I know like a lot of the guys went to Dick to, to figure out like, what should we actually be doing for mileage? Because he had a very successful women's team and the men's team just wasn't as successful. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so interesting because, like, I mean, just how how we're like recruiting changes and stuff, and um, it's so easy to get information or get a, you know an email address for a coach or for a coach to reach out to an athlete. Um, so oh, yeah, it was we, really, yeah. We used uh, the the printed out directions to try and make it to Hamlin and hope that there wasn't any road construction or there was no way we were making it. So. Uh, and visited and loved it and I I think the coach he called me just one random day and asked me if I had made my decision where I wanted to go and I made it in that 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 phone call I just like yeah I'm gonna come there called my dad afterwards and I'm like hey I just told Hamlin that I'm going there he's like oh okay and probably in the back of his mind he's like well there goes some money so yeah (laughs) you uh choose to go to Hamlin you get down there uh, you're with a group of guys, uh, teammates who obviously are, have plenty of experience, plenty of like drive to, to be the best athletes, uh, quite a big change from what it was like in class B running in North Dakota. How did you respond to like the changes and how was like the first year or two years, like the transition? Um, for me, I mean, freshman year was, I came in and I had one goal. I wanted to be the the top freshman in the conference. That's, we had goals written down and, um, I was probably coming in as our like number three freshman on the team. So that was going to be a big jump for me to make that. Um, but I knew who the number one freshman was my buddy Ellis. We ran basically every step of college together. Um, but I asked him on day one, how far he was going and he was a higher mileage kid. He was top 15 in Minnesota. Um, for Roseville and he's like oh I'm doing 10 today I'm like well my long run's 10 but let's do it so I ran like 9 to 10 that first day I ran 12 the longest I've ever ran 12 on um, on Saturday of that week and I hit like 60 55 to 60 miles Um, and basically every day was just sort of painful and I just always kept up with the the, the top guys, like we went out to a ski resort 
to do to Afton ski resorts, like my favorite place to do a trail run, but you got like half a mile up hills. And after the first couple hills, I found that I was just with like the top three and they turned back. They're like, well, you got to keep up with us because otherwise you're going to be lost. And I'm like, yeah. Oh crap. Um, okay. So I just followed them. They were sort of mean and they're like, okay, we just got to go up one more hill. And we went up like the steepest hill, got to the top. They crushed me up it, but they waited for me at the top. They're like, okay, now they're like, you're almost done. All you do is just got to go back down the hill and then back like 200 meters. We just made you go up this for fun. I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, I think the furthest in high school I ran was like 10. Usually I'd run that with Colin and Ronnie. Um, but I think I only ran that like four times. I think one time we tried to do longer and we went to uh, coach Allen would drop us off out down by the country club. Yeah. We'd run back. And the one time I did that, it was so hot and I was dying after four miles that I found a random bike in a, in just a, a back alley and I hopped on, it had two flat tires and I biked that thing. It took so long. Um, and then I abandoned it like a half a mile from Alan's house and, and ran it and ran in. So, oh my gosh. So that person, I don't think they were too mad that I stole it. It was a really crappy old mountain bike that had two flat tires. I don't think the person I stole it from cares. And I hope that this doesn't incriminate me. It would have been like 2007. So. No, you probably did that person a favor by taking you know, that bike off their hands. They were probably just waiting for somebody to, to steal it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, it was, it's just sort of the day in day out grind of it. Um, freshman year, you have a lot of, you have random really good races and random really bad ones that you don't know why. Um, for some reason, my PR, my freshman year in the 8K was on the Roy Griette golf course, um, which Cam, I'm sure, knows how tough that, that course is. Um, but it was my first time running 8K, and uh, I just decided to sprint every hill, and it worked. Um, we surprised, and we finished fourth, I think, and we beat a couple of nationally ranked teams, and so we jumped to, like, seventh in the nation that year um, because I, fin I finished, like, 39th. Um, we went 11, 23, 39, 40, 41, um, at the GRIAC. And that was back when GRIAC was like a big race. Um, we had like right. 300 plus kids in the race and you were limited to 10. Um, and so we lost to the top number one team, the number four and the number six, but we just barely lost to the six. Um, and then we did fine at conference, but our, our seniors that we had were so dead set on like, it's, it's either we win conference or it's a failure. Um, and, and that just put a lot of pressure on, we had two freshmen that had ended up having to be in the top five and we ran well at, at regions, or at least I felt we ran well. Um, but we finished ninth in the region after being second in the conference. And so there was no way going to nationals then. Um, and like we were the, me and my teammate were the number two and number three freshmen in the con in the region. But I talked to the coach, our coach, like many years later, he's like, yeah, you guys weren't ready. You guys really sucked on that day. Cause it was cold. I'm like, I mean, I was a freshman it's whatever. So yeah. it's one of those things they tell you hindsight after like you do better later, just like my dad. Um, they can tell you all the things that you did wrong before that. So yeah. But it sounds like you guys did come back like your next few years and won conference cross country titles. Is that right? As a team? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think 
the big thing was going into our sophomore year, we knew we had the guys that could possibly do it, um, but we wanted to make it more fun with it. So like we would joke around and have fun and, and make fun of each other, um, sing songs as like we're warming up for the race. Um, my one buddy, the one that sticks out, he sang a song to the tune of like the most wonderful time of the year, but it was, he was singing about how much he hated Thanksgiving because his mom couldn't cook. <laughs> so um so it, it was just fun that way um my running in the summer went up a lot I got um I got mono during the summer and was out golfing with the guy who wrote the article about me and in like one of my swings he stopped me and he's like Devin you're looking a little little large right now and, and immediately that day I went and ran so <laughs> I was like okay I can run through mono I called the uh, I talked to Ryan Sundog, um, or yeah, um, and he had ran through mono a couple times, I guess, or at least once. And he's like, "You'll double over in pain well before that happens." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> so, um, so then I just started running, and uh, I think, I mean, this is a weird way to be motivated, but um, the the girl that I got mono from ended up started dating a hockey player instead of me, and. I said, screw that. Like you choose a better athlete than, than me. Um, and so then I just wanted to be, it fueled my running and cause I wanted like the attention a little bit um, and went from and finished six in the conference meet that year and helped us win conference and go to nationals. I six in the conference, seventh in the region um, and, and helped us go to nationals for the first time since 2006. Um, and it was a big step forward for me. Um, and I, I went from being just like a pretty good freshman and sophomore runner to like, now I'm expected to, to make points and, and help us at conference. So for the team. And how's everything going on the track during this time? Cross country, obviously finding success. How about the track side of things? Um, freshman year, I had some good, good marks. Uh, I ran sub nine or I ran right at nine for the, the 3k finished ninth in the conference. Um, so just missed scoring points. Um, and then outdoor, um, so me being a, I was a 1636 kid um, in high school, and that freshman year at conference, I ran 1512. Um, I went, came into the conference meet like 1530, was sitting in like 16th, and we went out fast, and basically I just sort of hung on, and more people would fall off, more would fall off, more would fall off, um, and I came into like the last 400, and I think I was pretty, it's pretty well known that I can, I can kick pretty well, or I just have never gone hard enough in my life. That could be it to, to ever not have a kick. Um, Cause you see some people like just lying on the ground after races. I don't know if I've ever had that moment. Um, but uh, I kicked from 12th to eighth my freshman year. And that was sort of when I like established it, like, Hey, I'm pretty good. Like I'm ready to take that next step. So I ran 15, 12, um, and that sort of solidified that like I was in the right place. Hamlin was the right choice. And now let's see what we can do. So. Yeah, that's, that's a huge jump from 1630s to 1512. Uh, so, I mean, obviously something was working. What was, I mean, you, did you win GRIAC one year, Devin? I did uh, my senior year. My senior year, um, well, junior year, I won the conference cross. Uh, I beat, I came in probably ranked third 
and and outkicked um beat surprised them and and won the kid who i beat he ended up being second in the nation um he was national champ the next year um but yeah my senior year won the won the griac um uh i think the only ones that i lost to before my injury was i lost to stanley cabini from uh who was a I uh, represented the United States in the steeplechase, yep. ran for Arkansas, but he was at Iowa Central. Um, before it was the Les Bolstead, or yeah, no, not Les Bolstead, um, Les Duke, uh, the one at lacrosse. Um, I talked to the guys from lacrosse before, and they're like, hey, don't chase out the kid from Iowa Central. I'm like, what, why, why not? And they're like, you know, you won Griak? Well, he won Division Two by a minute faster than you. So <laughs> don't chase him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I won't do that. So, yeah. so I, I, that was the, I lost to like my teammate earlier in the year, um, who ended up being 20th in the nation. Um, but we got to like, we were, it was at an alumni race with Luther and we got to the last little bit and he was sprinting against the alumni. I'm like, well, as long as he wins, I don't care then. So I just jogged <laughs> it in. Um, and, uh, yeah, after that, I didn't lose till conference. Um, but a conference was a not conference and regions and nationals were not fun my senior year. I mean, we won conference, but um, I was jogging to the bathroom and my calf gave out and I like, I ended up tearing part of my calf still mm -hmm. ran, still finished second, but I had like black and blue hemorrhaging in my calf afterwards. And wow. we got that fixed pretty quickly. Um, our jumps coach, his wife, uh, is a really well-known doctor. And basically I went and sat in, uh, a kiddie pool and they ran electrical current through my body to like break up the scar tissue. It's a real strange way, like, oh. but it worked. You, you had your foot in water, put one electrical pad in there and then the, extra, the other one on your lower back and you ran current through your body. So it worked, but I had 102 fever at regions um, I was stubborn and got sick on like Monday and kept trying to run through it and it stayed for the week then. So, yeah. Yep. So you finished your college career as a three-time All-American, once in cross country, once in the 5k, once in the 10k. Where in all of this do you find out that the 10k is your event? Because you go on and when you start kind of flirting with your pro career a little bit, that's where you're really established. When did you know 10k was the distance for you? Um, probably after the first one I ran, uh, the very first one was when I set our school record. Um, I hadn't ran a 10 K before my junior year, I was injured. We lost the conference championship by four points. Um, we lost indoor by nine and both of them, I was injured and didn't really get to race. So I would have probably ran 10 K that year. Um, but so I waited till my senior year, we went out, I ran a 5k to start the outdoor season. Um, like what would be this weekend? Um, ran 1429 first time, uh, breaking our school record in the 5k. Um, and then we went out three weeks later to Gina relays in, in Michigan. And it was like the perfect 10k weather, 45 degrees, no wind, the flag was hanging down. And we had a group of us that went out at, um, like 30, 12 pace. So we were 1506 at halfway and, me and another guy, I came around him and I could tell that he was feeling the best out of everyone. So I turned to him, I'm like, Hey, let's, tr let's trade off every two laps. And he's like, okay, let's do it. So we just started clicking off laps, um, came around with like a mile left and it was my turn to take the lead again. 
And I turned to him again and I'm like, okay, we got to go every other one. I can't do two. And he's like, okay, well, let's do it. And we ended up running our second half in 1431. Um, so closed in a 427 mile. Um, Cause we went like 69, 67, 67, 61. Um, and so that was first time I ran the 10 K our broker school record by like 40 seconds and set myself to go to nationals. So, and ran, I think at the time it was like number 18 all time for division three. So that's when I sort of knew that it, that it worked. <laughs> so with like, uh, with that, like Mark that you set, was that kind of like, Oh, well, this is the first time I've run the 10 K it went this well. I, I better keep giving this a shot. Yeah. Yeah. So like we ran a conference. I mean, we ran slow, like, uh, I got crap from well, a good friend of mine now. Um, uh, well, you guys had Becky on, uh, her other coach at Gustavus, Brendan Huber. Um, he, we just sort of sat behind the Gustavus guys. They were like 32 minute guys. And we had a guy, we had two guys that had broken 30 and a guy that had broken 31 and then everyone else was 32 minutes. So we just sat behind the whole time. Like mm -hmm. there was no point in us working hard. Like I got nationals in a little bit. And, um, so we went really, really slow and we ran, I had to outkick the cross champ, um, Ben Sather from St. Thomas. We ran 56 and 57 for the last lap of the 10 K. Um, and I mean, it was, it was, it was hard. Um, and, and then at nationals, I was third in that one. Um, so like my first three 10 Ks were those ones. And then, I mean, yeah, it was fun. When, when they're good, the first 5K goes by really fast. When they're bad, every single lap sucks. <laughs> Devin, so, what, is it about, what is it about D3 and the 10K? I feel like there's something about, I, I don't know, something about it that there is always just like a depth in like each of the conferences in the 10K um, that you don't find like – in the summit league, you know, there's usually like one good guy in the summit league, you know, or these like mid majors, uh, who will run the 10 K, but, um, I, think, I don't know. I think for us, it's a, it's a pretty big emphasis put on cross country. Um, so, it, there's, there's just a lot of people that do that. Um, and when you're, when you're good, when you're young, you get put up to the 5k pretty quickly. So the natural thing is to go to 10 K where I think, in those like other conferences, um, you guys run a lot of the shorter events a lot more too. So there isn't a big emphasis put on the 10 K when it comes to it, where uh, there's kids in our conference that will run like the 10 K like three times that year where, I mean, some of your guys' conferences will only run it. Like sometimes you don't even have to run it to qualify for conference. You just convert right. a 5 K in or um, ours, you have to have ran a time in our conference um, versus like, I sort of wish this would follow this um, where you guys have like 35 kids that you can enter in whatever events you want. Um, mm -hmm. And if they didn't run a time, they just get put in the worst heat. Um, Cause that's what you guys have at NDSU, right? Yeah. Yep. yep. Cause you guys have, what is it? What's your roster that you can have at conference? Indoors is 28 and then outdoors is 32, I believe. Okay. And so, and did you guys have to run the event beforehand? Nope. No. So, so Ryan, you being one, did you get put in as many events as possible then? Yeah, I think my record was like outdoors. If you count all the events in the deck, I think it was, it'd be like 15 events. 
Yep. So, and like counting some prelims and finals, maybe, maybe 16, probably like somewhere right around there. Dang. No, you would have loved our conference. It screwed us over. So we would, we would win day one and day two, but the decathlon was a week beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always so jealous of all those conferences because then you get to go crush a multi, get a week to recover, come back, do all the open events. Uh, there's there, there we've tried to get it to go to back to the way it should be in my opinion the way it should be part of the meet um but all there's so many coaches that are like oh you haven't been to the event like when it's just the decathletes and the heptathlon uh ladies it is the best event in the world i'm like there's like 30 people there i don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um they're like but it's the camaraderie and everything and i'm like okay um so we had multiple times where we started conference championships in indoor and outdoor down by like 20 points because St. Thomas knew that if they put just athletes in, they would score a ton of points. So they always had like one or two that were like really good and could make nationals. But like we used to have the pentathlon. So like they didn't even have to pole vault. Yeah. Take high jump. Back to you, Devin. At what point? Yeah do you know that you're going to run professionally or like you're going to keep training post collegiately when you got to college? Some people just know they're like, this isn't going to be it. I've got a, I've got a potential that goes beyond my four years or was it something like you're getting to the end of that senior year and you're having to make a decision? Uh, I think it was towards the end of my senior year. I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I was in college. Um, I thought I wanted to do something with math. Calculus was not a real subject that I enjoyed. Um, it's not algebra, it's not geometry, it's not math, in my opinion. Um, so uh, it, I just never understood the theorems. Let's go with that. And so I switched and I didn't pick a major till like midway through my junior year. Still graduated in four years, um, no problem. Um, but did exercise, sports science and education um, and decided I wanted to keep it going after running as well as I did. A bunch of the alumni uh, Jeff Metzdorf, he owns Mill City running in the Twin Cities, convinced me to like keep going, like see what you can do. Um, and so I went back to the University of North Dakota and was an assistant coach for a semester and really enjoyed it. Um, but I kept making excuses with my training. So like I'd be like, I'd have it set that I'd be doing five by 2K to get ready for the club cross nationals and about halfway through a shitty workout or something, I'd switch it to K's and I realized that I needed someone to like oversee everything and I couldn't do it myself. Um, so I started reaching out and um, it came down to two. Um, I, I was looking at um, the American distance uh, project, the one that was in Colorado before what it is now. So that's that uh, the one that has like uh, Paul Chalimo and all them in. It was before he got um, like the army training style with it. Um, so his was a pretty small group. And then I, I looked at the one down in Austin, Texas. So I went down there after Thanksgiving, um, stayed with a couple of the guys down there, really enjoyed the group. And when I was leaving, he's like, hey, uh, I think you have potential to do this. Uh, Steve Sisson was was the coach. Um, he was the head coach at the University of Texas women's cross, uh, cross country program. Um, and he's like, you can come down here. I can help you get a job, but we don't have money for you. You haven't ran fast enough. And I'm like, I understand that. Like, I just want a group to train with. And um, I made the decision when I came back, told my dad and my dad said, the only thing I had to do to get his blessing was I had to get a master's while I was down there. So I did my master's in education through UW Stout. Um, 
if you ever need an easy education masters, Ryan, it's UW Stout, it's 12 grand, it's two years, all online. Dang. All online, and it was the easiest, I shouldn't be shooting this way down, but <laughs> masters I could ever think of. My thesis, literally the thesis could be on anything, you just had to learn something. Wow. Yeah. Cam, I think we should try to get UW Stout to sponsor this episode of the podcast. We <laughs> should. Hey, we know, we know an alum of UW Stout. So maybe we'll, uh, that's where Mike Friedman went. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, and, I'm uh, just saying it was, it was, it was very easy and it took two years. It's 12 or 12 classes, like 12 grand. So, 12, 12 grand for the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Each credit or each class was about, about between a thousand and two thousand. So right around huh. there. Yeah. Dang. Just so you know. Okay. Yeah. It's good to know. <laughs> so, um, so, but yeah, so what, I, I enjoyed it down there. Yeah. So what was it like? I mean, compared to from high school to college, you obviously had such a big difference in a transition. You see it pay off. How about from college to running post-collegiately? Was that a tough transition or did you feel like you meshed with that group right off the bat? I meshed with the group right away and that they're very inviting. Um, it, took a bit for me to feel like a valued member of the group just because I was joining a bunch of division one guys, um, Tulsa, Georgia, uh, Stanford, Arkansas, um, Baylor, a couple of Baylor guys. And so it, it was more of, I think I, I felt like I had to prove a little bit to some of them that I deserved to be there. Um, and definitely right away, like I thought I was doing hard workouts and there's a flow track video of like our group doing a workout and um, it's like the first workout I do with the group. And even the coach is like, well, we'll see if uh, he, if he was running it all before he came and joined us. And it is pretty obvious that I was not in the shape that they were. Um, I think <laughs> we did like six by 600 with like 90 seconds rest. And we we're doing like 134s or something. And I, after they made me lead the first one, and then it was, I was off the back or dying pretty hard after that. Um, and it was, it was a bit eye opening. And it took a little bit, I would say it probably took about six months before I felt like I was contributing to workouts. You start to all of a sudden be able to keep up with them, but you're not able to help. Cause if I jumped in and started leading ones, then I was going to fall off. And then I felt bad because I would finish workouts sitting behind them the whole time and then be able to like push the last one and be in that perfect, like, Oh, you didn't do any of the work. And then you kick the last one and you feel terrible about that. <laughs> but it's like, I couldn't before that. Um, so I think it was about six months in six or seven that I finally felt like, Hey, I'm contributing to this. It was adjustment in, we had a different style. At least the guys did right away. When I got there, they were all about like time on the feet and so we, there would be days that we would go and run at like eight minute pace and for our miles. And I just couldn't do that. Uh, it was like to go eight minute pace and then all of a sudden be expected to tempo at five flat was a big jump for me. So I did that for about like two months. And then I was like, you guys, I can't run this slow anymore. Um, and, and I just started running everything faster then. And that helped a lot. What sort of uh, races really stick out to you from your pro career? 
I think it, it all was 2014 was when I started to really, so I got down there early 2013 and spring 2014 was when I started to have good races. Um, the first one was terrible though. I went to Florida, um, raced that, uh, 15k champs. Um, I got beat by Shalane Flanagan. Um, and, uh, and was just destroyed in that race. It wasn't even close. Um, but I knew I was fit. So Steve had me do, uh, do a race around Austin and I ran like, um, I ran like 14, 30 on the roads. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'm in pretty good shape. Went up and ran, uh, the grant or the Fargo half, um, and ran, uh, one Oh six flat. Um, of one of my, you'll learn that I have a lot of times that are basically very close to being very elite. Um, so I have one Oh six flat. Um, I blame the bikes. They stopped and I had to swerve around them. So I'm not a one Oh five half marathon. I'm a one Oh six. Um, and, uh, I went out to Portland and raced a 10 K it was me, uh, uh, Nordine Small, it was his name. He was a French guy. He was in the world championships for the steeplechase. But it, if you watch, I don't. I think it's 2013 world championships. He's in like the, um, he's in the like top eight, coming in the last like few laps, and he jumps the water barrier, lands, and his Achilles ripped mid world championship. Ooh. And so this was like his first races back. So he raced the 10K with me, and then we had Chris Zielinski in it as well. It was like his comeback race after being injured. Um, he was just like trying to run a, a de pretty decent fast time to make USAs. So his goal was to go out at like 29 flat and then start to cut down. Um, and he went through 29 flats or paced through halfway. So we came through like 1430, and he just wasn't able to pick it up. So... I, I can say in one of my 10Ks, I beat the former um, 10K uh, US record holder um, in one of his like only six 10Ks he ran. Um, and I ran 29 flat point, point two three. My coach came running up to me afterwards. He's like, did you break it? Did you break it? I'm like, I don't know. I think I did because I really wanted 28. I want to be able to say I'm a 28 minute 10K. -er. And mm -hmm. My coach comes running back and he's just laughing at me. He's like, you ran 29, you idiot. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it qualified for USA's in 2014 and went to USA's um, amazing experience uh, to see like Galen Rupp and them warming up uh, beforehand um, to be surrounded by him, Chris Derrick, uh, Aaron Braun, all those guys that were just studs then was cool. I, Wish I would have stuck with my guns, but I wanted a contract. I didn't have an Adidas contract yet. And they said that I could get a contract if I raced in their spikes. So they sent me spikes the day beforehand and I put them on. Uh, they didn't fit great. So we doctored them, like put extra holes so the laces went tighter. Um, I was bleeding about four laps in. Oh. Um, so uh, finishing 12th, it was really cool experience. Um, loved every second of it. There's a lot of photos of me in front of Galen Rupp. Um, and my coach talked a lot about my training going into this. We did specifically just for me to get fast enough, but it wasn't going to have me ready to like handle championship style racing. And it became very obvious, uh, during the race, uh, this guy named Jake Riley, um, going to the, the Olympics was yeah. leading 10 K and he would, go really slow for a hundred meters and then he would sprint 300 
really slow for 100, sprint 300. So we were accordioning over and over again. And that tires you out very quickly, especially when you're running right around your PR pace. Um, and the pros or the really good ones that had been there many times knew he was doing this. So they just stayed back and just let him do these stupid moves. I didn't know that and just tried to cover every single one and paid for it later. Um, but it was, I finished the race and I walk up to my coach and I'm like, okay, we need to change the training. I understand why you wanted me to do uh, like speed up, slow down workouts. Cause that sucked. So, so once you kind of, well, how long were you in Texas for then after those 2014 U S champs, did you stay down there a bit longer? I was there for another year. Um, I was in probably the best shape of my life. Um, that fall, um, we were clicking off workouts. I did a workout of where we did a thousand meters hard. So we were doing thousands in like 245. Um, and then you'd get 600 jog at like five to 520 pace was your recovery. And we did uh, six miles straight of it. Um, it was probably one of the best workouts that I've done. Um, and we did another workout that like showed that I was in like 2830 to 2845 shape. Um, and I felt very confident going into club cross nationals. And then uh, the race started, I went out, got to like the top five or six and expected like at 3k for it to feel really nice and good because in every workout I've been doing we've been rolling through 3ks on super hilly courses um feeling great and it didn't get easy and I sort of my own head got in the way and I plummeted back after that so it's one of those cases where I was in the best shape of my life but I wasn't in the right mental state and didn't run well after that um I had a little bit of injuries that, that year. Um, we thought we had fat pad impingement. So I got like a cortisone shot and everything turned out that was wrong. I was misdiagnosed and I just had it band stuff. Um, and that was fixed very quickly, but I missed like two months of training. Didn't get to go race at Stanford because of it. Um, so I went to Europe to race, had some good races when I was out in Europe. I stayed in Europe for about a month training, um, and raced in, uh, one of the British milers meets raced in, um, Ireland. I stayed in Ireland for the, a lot of the time when I was there. Um, I stayed with my friend, Michelle Finn. She's a, the Ireland, uh, three K steeple champ, um, for them for many years running. Um, and I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun, but when I came back, I didn't qualify for USA's. I didn't run fast enough in the 10 K that I ran out there. Um, we expected nice weather and had really good people in it, but we had people that were trying to run under 28 and the best that they could run was like 28, 30 because of the conditions we had. Um, so I ran like 29, 45, I think. Um, and just had a pity party for a bit when I was out there. Um, and it was in Leiden. Um, so the Netherlands. And so I went and got beer and just sat at a pub after that for a long time. Um, and, uh, I got back and was back to training and, got a phone call about the, the job that I have now and um, I couldn't turn it down. So called it done. At any point when you were like starting to get into pro, like your pro career, were you ever thinking like, Oh, the marathon is where I'm going to get to, or was it always kind of just whatever is hot? Like, like I'm good at the 10 K now. And that was when I go for 10 K and didn't think much more. 
I, I think I was, I was, we were very much a group set on the 10K steeplechase. Like my teammates, I had four steeplechase teammates that were all like 838 or faster. Um, we had a, a miler who was 356. Um, and we had one marathon guy with our group, but he was training in Arkansas. Um, he moved to where his wife was. So um, I was very much set on the 10K. I did a lot of like quicker stuff and workouts and I just the half marathon and marathon never really appealed to me the shoes I just have baby feet when it comes to it I blister very easily so to do that type of like long long stuff I mean I did for a straight year um about 100 miles a week and um only took three days off the whole year um during like my best year of training but we did it all on soft surfaces. Like we, we hardly went on anything besides soft surfaces. That's, that's the weirdest thing to learn about like pros is like you heard of like Galen Rupp and them going and running around soccer fields for 18 miles or running on treadmills. And I just could never do that. It, it, it was too boring. Like I needed to go do real running. I felt so um, it was interesting. Like we stayed at the Bowerman house back when like German Fernandez and then we're on the team because my buddy JT being from Stanford. So we stayed there and those guys very much like don't do anything besides run. Like Chris Derrick was like, Oh, you just, uh, you train and then you read a book, you have mandatory naps and then you go back to train again. And um, if you have video games, he said it was a lot easier, but he didn't like video games. So <laughs> So you're in your fifth year at Hamlin now, back as the head cross-country coach. Besides COVID, how is it back at your alma mater? It's, it's fun. Um, you have a, a big mixture of, of kids um, that uh, come and come to Hamlin for many different reasons. You have the kids that you've been recruiting since they were juniors. You have ones that sort of pop into your system as they start seeking out Hamlin. Um, it's very much, a, it's a liberal arts university and it has a bit of a niche to it. Um, but you get the kids that want to be there and want to, and the biggest thing we talk about is like, you have to love this school for, for it, because if, if you don't want to run here, that, that can't, like, if you stop running, um, you still got to love that you're here too. So, um, but we have a, uh, a lot of kids that are there for academics, obviously, but they go after their athletic dreams with it too. Um, my top two gals on the team right now, um, like one was a 22 minute 5k in high school. And now she runs 1720 for a 5k. Um, and my top 800 gal, she came to us. She ran 218 as a junior, but her best, I think as a senior was like 224. She ran 213 indoor this last year and had the, had the number one mark in division three. And it's cool to see those kids that like, never really would have ran anywhere if it wasn't for going to a division three university and to see them grow and get faster. Um, I think of one, she transferred to, um, to us from Pacific Lutheran, I think out in Washington or Oregon. Um, and her first goal was just to be able to run with the team was in on easy days. So she was like 29 minutes, six K -er. Um, but by the time she left, she was a 22 minute six K -er and went from bottom like 19 in the conference to she was 19th in the conference her senior year. So, wow. That's one of the great things about there about running, I guess that I love is there's always a place for any 
uh, level of ability to compete and to train and to just like get better. So, oh yeah, I mean uh, you guys, you guys had it. Uh, you get to compete against. It doesn't matter if you're fast enough, you'll compete against anyone. Um, we compete against Division One, Division Two. When I mm-hmm. was at Hamlin. Uh, the U of M and the University of Illinois were at some of the big meets that I went to. They were great to lead out races and then let me run the really fast times. They were trying to make travel squads and I was making nationals. So in my mind, I was like, well, I'd rather make it to nationals or win conference titles than to be just someone hoping to be on a travel squad for, for a, a U of M or something like that. So, yeah. And do you have any North Dakota kids on your roster right now? Um, we do in track. We have, uh, we have one, uh, she's from Kindred. She's a thrower there. Um, I'm trying to get more North Dakota kids. I like going back and watching North Dakota state meet. Um, it is a, a, a different price point, uh, just because they can go a lot cheaper to it, but we've had, we had one from Fargo South a couple years ago. Um, one kid was on the team from from Cameron school, Shane Harlow for a little bit when I was an athlete. Um, and so we've had, we've had our fair mixture of North Dakota kids. We get Montana, um, Wisconsin, Iowa, Washington, a good mixture from a lot of places, but we do get a lot of Minnesota kids. That's awesome. Now what's your goals for outdoor season? We're kind of getting that started clicking around. You said you've changed the schedule a lot. What do things look like coming up for you guys? Um, right now, uh, we have our first meet on Saturday. So on the third, so I, I get to, we're hosting at our place. Um, and for us, it's sort of just like very much a rust buster after, um, the last time we competed was the beginning of, of March or end of February. So, uh, um, the training has been going well, but I've definitely trained their training through these meets, obviously, um, as you do, but I think a lot of them will run some PRs to start with just because their fitness is at different levels and it'll be interesting. I mean, a full year off of racing outdoor track mm-hmm. is, is a long time. So indoor is nice, but you run so much faster outdoor, like as, as Cameron knows, like you can, you can come through what, what you can come through 5k or come through 3k on the way to your 5k and what you were doing indoor just for some reason. So yeah, it's, I mean, turns are hard. <laughs> yeah. You know, if the, the cheater tracks are a hundred percent, those 300 meter tracks, those are, those are, those are big cheating. Like those are basically 400 meter tracks. The yeah. conversion for a flat 200 is, should be more. Like if you can run a fast flat 200, then you should get like 10 seconds for a, for a 3k. I swear. Yeah. At least. I'll- I'll try and do some uh, research, see who I need to talk to to get the conversion change for that. Cause I, yeah. Well, I feel sure guys, like at NDSU, at least you guys have ones that has like pretty decent sized turns, but there's ones yeah. on that like have terrible turns. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean like Concordia in Moorhead. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, we would run there in, in high school and that one was always just so, so hard. <laughs> One thing that we always end every interview with is what, what advice would you give to any runner that's hoping to make the same leaps and bounds that you did over the course of your high school career? Uh, I think the biggest thing is, is to not think that 
high school is the last end of it. No matter how fast you run in high school, there's always a place that you can find to run in college. Um, let it be as the, on the run club at a division one or at a division two, division three, um, or if you're very new to it, going to like a junior college um, and, and learning for two years before like you can go and get a scholarship to a division one or two um, and don't feel like you have to go right around here. I think one of the biggest things that I like to see is people that go and explore and go see schools that they never thought to look at. Um, so if someone reaches out to you, take a uh, conscious effort and look into them just because you've never heard of the place doesn't mean that you might not like it. Um, uh, Cause it's very much about the people that you surround yourself with, with training. Um, and like you can have the best coach in the world, but if you're not excited by him and the teammates that you have, you're not going to run well. You're going to run well for, someone that that doesn't even know running but but you're excited to train with them um so i think that's one of the biggest things is you never know how far you can grow and and those people that are like oh i'm just going to keep training it when i go to college but i'm not going to run i'll just run marathons you have the rest of your life to go and jog slowly like go see how fast you can get and and the other thing is it distinguishes you from the rest of the student body when you're starting to look for jobs too that you weren't just a book nerd and sat in classes and never had failure or anything like that. You can have a 4.0, but no one cares about the grades after your first job or anything like that. Even the first job, they don't even look at the job at your grades. It's, did you get a degree? What other things did you do in college? Um, were you just there or were you working the whole time? Were you also um, part of clubs, all that? distinguish yourself because I have so many friends that just went and got a degree and now we're like struggling to find jobs because they don't want to take a lesser job or something like that. Go take a lesser job for six months and then go get a really nice job after that. But you need experience. So go places, go see things. So that's mine. Hey, well, Devin, we appreciate you so much for hopping on and uh, kind of short notice too, but thanks for giving us your time and hopefully more people, recognize your name and hopefully more people will maybe take a look at Hamlin after this. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. 